brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to another episode of This Too Shall Suck podcast, where we talk about the real of grief, the whole grief, and nothing but the grief. Welcome back, my loves. I am your host, Lauren Denise, and I'm so, so happy. Yeah, get into these vocals. Thanks. I'm so happy to have you here. If this is your first time here, welcome. I'm super thankful for you. And if you're listening again, welcome back. And thank you so much for continuing to join me on this journey. On today's episode, um, if you haven't figured out by the title, we're going to be diving into the age-old battle of spirituality versus religion, which I think is so interesting that this is such a topic that people don't want to talk about um, or people don't think matters as much in the grieving process because it definitely matters a lot. Let me just be the first to say. And um, that it, it's such a argument. It's such a, you know, people can it's almost like politics. It's one of those things that people just like to argue about or try and act like it's not there or try and act like they're so different. And so I really wanted to talk about it. And I'm going to bring um, a very special guest on who I'm super excited about, who we talk about it all the time. We talk about what religion is, what spirituality is, because if you didn't know, I grew up um, Christian, but of course, being in the South, you know, sometimes you go to real Southern Baptist churches, which I did when I was in Memphis. Um, and so that's how I grew up. And then um, as I got older, I chose to just continue being a Christian and choosing the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's who I follow. And that's the um, religion that I subscribe to. But I will say that my parents both were like that, my mother more so than my father. But at the very end of the day, they never were like, this is what you have to follow. And this is what it is. You know, they, they wanted us to follow that. And they talked to us about that. And they taught us that, but they also gave us the place to be able to choose, which I think is important. Um, and again, for me, that's what I chose, because that's what I wanted to choose. And, and I learned about it. But I also am open enough to be able to have conversations with people from different religions, um, or people who don't subscribe to a religion to learn more about what it means for them, and especially in this episode, talking about grief. So I'll be bringing on a guest later to discuss that. So I'm really, really excited. But I just wanted to share my journey of how spirituality or religion played a role in my grieving process, uh, more specifically with my dad, because I think that's where it played a major role, um, just in that whole thing, because it was such a shock, it being my second parent, and then him dying so quickly after we found out that he was sick. Um, it really, really, really played a major role. So I don't remember if I shared with you guys, but uh, when my dad passed away, I, I believe it was the week, it was, it was the week, about a week or a week and a half before when he was getting transferred from the hospital to the physical, um, or the 
what is it physical therapy the re the rehab for him to be able to like walk again and pick things up all of that um so when he was getting transferred from the regular hospital to that um particular center the doctors told my sister that morning like basically if you take him out of here like he's gonna die and when she told me that I just remember being in my room and there's like a little nook in my room I call it my little prayer nook or my peace nook um because I'll go over there to read or really pray and I went over there and I turned on my worship music so loud like so loud and I was just on my knees crying and begging God. And I was just like, God, please don't take him. Please heal him. Please, like y'all crying on my face, begging God, worship music so loud, like begging, begging him not to, to take him. Um, and, you know, he got there and he was fine. And, um, you know, then again, a week, a week and a half later, he was gone. And so when he passed, I didn't, I, I never, I wasn't mad at God. I just... I don't have anything to say because a week or a week and a half ago, I'm on my knees, on my face, begging you, begging you, begging you, begging you, begging, begging you to not take him away because I've already been through this before. And then he was gone. Um, and I know obviously that when it's your time, it's your time. And there's not really much say that you have in it. I mean, unless you obviously do it on your own, but um, I, I, I just didn't understand. And I had a lot of confusion and I had a lot of questions and I, I was just confused. And so I just didn't pray. Um, I didn't pray. I didn't ask him for anything. I didn't, I, I mean, I just didn't have anything in me. Um, but because I had a connection with him, regardless, uh, whether I was talking to him or not, he helped me through this whole process. And he helps me obviously every day, but even I interviewed, I believe like a week after my dad's funeral funeral for this job, he was there in the midst of that. Um, all these wonderful things started happening and he was in the midst of that. He was still working on my behalf, regardless of if I was talking to him or not, because I had created a connection with him so strong that it did not matter if I was talking to him in that moment, because he knew that I was connected to him and he knew he knew. He knew I wasn't mad at him. He knew I wasn't angry with him. And sometimes that does happen. And so I'm not here to tell you that um, you can't do that because when you are grieving, whatever it is that you're grieving, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's uh, a loss of um, a person in your life, whatever it is that you're grieving, whether you're grieving the world right now, he knows your heart and he know. And that's when people are like, Jesus, not my heart, girl. And he does. <laughs> I don't know why I do those voices, but he does. He really knows your heart and he knows that right now you just may be having a tough time or you just don't know what to say or, um, you know, you're trying to find the right words. And I think that happens sometimes when we pray is that we're trying to find like the, the right, like we got to make sure we say the right thing. And God wants you to come in real raw and whatever you're feeling. So if you're like, God, this is garbage right now. This is straight garbage. Okay. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's the truth. Like I talked to him. I'm like, Hey, how you doing? How you doing today? So about that job, you know, please tell me if I'm supposed to be here or not, you know, just being honest. But anyways, I say that to say that because I created that connection is the reason why he was able to help me get through and work on my behalf. Um, even when I didn't have anything to say to him. And now I've, um, kind of gotten through that hump of my life and I'm back doing my devotionals and everything like that. But again, um, creating that strong connection uh, is, is what got me through. And so um, I don't even want to say, I can't say that it had to do with my religion or a little, yeah, it did because I read the word and things like that. But I think even if I had that spiritual connection with him, because, you know, essentially that's what it is having that spiritual connection. That is what got me through. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, we're going to talk about um, kind of the difference between spirituality and religion and how they uh, play a role in grief or if one or the other plays a role in grief. But we'll talk about all that and more after this break. Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Well, this episode of This Too Shall Suck podcast, A Fresh Perspective on Grief, is sponsored by Anchor. And if you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. 
it's free. So that means you don't have any hidden fees, no monthly subscriptions. It is free 99. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Right now, you're listening to me do it in my closet, in my home office. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so we can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. And you can make money from your podcast. Again, you hear me here <laughs> with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I cannot wait to hear your podcast. All right, guys, and we are back. And as I said earlier, I am super excited to have this next guest on. Uh, number one, because she is one of my best friends in the whole entire world, but she's just super knowledgeable and talented and skilled. And, you know, we just have so many conversations about everything and especially this topic. Um, so I'm just super thankful, you know, that she's here and we're about to have a conversation about it. So I'm going to read a quick bio and then we're going to get right into it. Sydney is a proud ATLian who has been practicing tarot for seven years. Each tarot reading session is tailored to the individual's comfort level. As an intuitive empath with a degree in psychology, Sydney understands that trust and comfort is pivotal in connecting with the client's energy. Her style is relaxed and relatable as she provides intuitive, practical advice. You will leave her session with a feeling of clarity, insight, and practical, applicable advice. Without further ado, I would like to welcome my girl, Sydney Rich. Hello, you guys. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. Of course. So excited to be here. Girl, thanks for coming on. I should I need to get some of those horns. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, you and I have had so many just different conversations about what religion is, what spirituality is. And so uh, what I really wanted to start with, because um, you talked about it a little bit in your bio, what exactly does it mean when you say intuitive? Because I think a lot of people don't know, and I had to have my own journey, you know, with you to understand what exactly that means. Absolutely. So I'm sure everyone has heard of a sixth sense. And essentially, that is your sixth sense. Your intuition is your sixth sense. So every single person on the planet has intuition. Some people's is more developed, and that's where I come into play. But everyone has the ability to develop theirs. So I am no special, more special than the next person. It's just that I have, um, I am developing mine every day, and mine is developed. Um, as children, ours is already very developed as well. Um, but as we grow older and we get socialized into the world, it kind of gets um, brushed under the rug because it's not one of those things that we can see, um, calculate like other senses. So it's kind of hard to um, understand. But to answer the question directly, intuition is that gut feeling that we all experience. Mothers may call it a mother's intuition. Um that feeling where you just know something isn't right or, you know what, maybe I should turn down this road and it's to avoid traffic and you didn't realize it. Or did I leave something at home and you turn back around and sure enough, your phone's sitting right there on the counter. So, or, you know, you're dating someone and that red flag pops up and you're like, maybe I should pay attention to that. And then you ignore it. And then a year later, that red flag pops up again and you're like, you know what? Should have listened to that intuitive feeling that I got. So that's what your intuition is. It's listening to your internal voice, gut feeling, and that intuition is connected directly to spirit, to God. And that is how you, um, the more you work it, the more you exercise it, it's just like any other muscle the more connected you are to it, which is why I'm saying that everyone has that ability. Mine is just a little bit more connected because I work on it and um, I use it on a daily basis and I trust it is the very most important thing is trusting your intuition. Got you. That's awesome. So it's almost like going to the gym every day and like you trying to, you know, squat challenge, everybody trying to build a booty these days. So it's it's essentially like <laughs> you're working on those muscles. And so I love, um, you know, your way of explaining that. 
So I want to talk a little bit more about that um, because you say in your bio you're an intuitive empath. Um, so obviously you talked about, you know, intuition and what intuitive means and how you, you're, you know, a little more connected than others. So can you explain what that means of you being intuitive empath and how that plays into uh, you being able to do your tarot? Well, no, we'll get into that later. But if you can kind of just explain what intuitive empath means as well. Right. So the empath part of it, empath means like we all know what being empathetic means. So if someone is sympathetic, you say, I can, oh, I'm sorry that you're going through whatever. And it's just kind of like understanding that someone is feeling maybe sad about something. If you say, I empathize with your pain, that means that you literally feel their pain. So you feel how they are feeling instead of just intellectualizing that they are in pain. So as an empath, you can understand in a real sense what someone is feeling, whether it be happy, anxious, sad. Um, you are able to pick up on what people are actually experiencing themselves in a real way. So um, a lot of times when I, before I was aware of this, I would find myself in a situation where I was overcome with emotion. And I just thought that I was an overly sensitive person. I um, am a Virgo and we are overly sensitive people by nature. So I would just write it off to that. But it came to a point where I was, really being in spaces where I was like my mood would just switch and it would be an intense amount of emotion that I would be feeling and it would be anger or it'd be irritation that just wasn't mine like I felt fine and then all of a sudden I'm just through the roof angry and I had to realize like something else is going on here and so that's when I realized that there was something more to what I was feeling and that I was actually an empath in the, and a lot of people are, and I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with um, this. And it's, it's not necessarily a badge of honor. It's actually something that if you um, experience it, you definitely need to learn how to control it and put boundaries up because it can become very difficult to interact with people, to be in public spaces, and to decipher what you were truly feeling from somebody else's energy. So that's what an empath means. It means being able to pick up on, you that you are picking up on other people's emotions and um, feeling things that aren't your feelings. Got you. I love that. So do you think um, being an intuitive empath helps you in your because obviously a lot of people read tarot right and and, and we're going to kind of talk about that because i think people hear tarot and they think of like miss cleo or something like right <laughs> and so um you know is is it normal to be an intuitive empath when you're doing you know these things these readings or is it just having um that intuition or or being more intuitive like do you it sounds like you don't have to be essentially an empath to be able to do these readings, but obviously you need to have like a stronger intuitiveness. Is that a, a fair assumption? That's fair. Um, I think there's a, I could go into a long, um, very nerdy, um, <laughs> mystic um, explanation of the different types of abilities that you can have to be a tarot or some, or a mystic, someone that reads or someone that is in the um, esoteric, world but um essentially anyone that's doing or reading tarot or anything of that nature um they have some type of heightened ability and a lot of it does come from your intuition i mean at the at the end of the day the baseline is your intuition and that's what i was saying comes to your trust and that's the biggest hurdle that anyone that is a tarot reader or anything else of that nature that you have to get to that level of trusting yourself and trusting what you are actually um, feeling, what messages you're actually receiving, 
because like I said at the beginning, it's not something that you can measure. You know, it's not like some, I can go to some, you know, intuitive coach, even though I do, I have had an intuitive coach and say, hey, is this right? Like, I still have to know, I have to trust myself that it's right, you know, before I can get those answers from a client. Um, so with tarot readers, yes, everyone, they would, I would say that all tarot readers are intuitive. Um, that is the skill set that they're using. That is the skill set that they are um, working on, that they are practicing, that they are building. Um, but there's also different levels to that. So you don't have to necessarily be an empath. You could be someone that is visual. You could be something, someone that is, um, you have a heightened sense of knowing. Um, you have a heightened sense of hearing. You have a heightened sense of other abilities as well. So the empath goes to a specific type of knowing, which is feeling. Gotcha. So it, it correlates to your senses what is more, um, what you're more connected to. So my feel, I'm more of a feeler, whereas someone else might be more of a seer. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That really makes sense. Thank you for explaining that a little bit more because you and I and I went back and forth with this question. I was like, because people are so if you're listening, I hope at this point you should know me enough and you know my thoughts and beliefs, but you also know that I'm open minded. And I hope that if you're listening to this, you're open minded as well. Uh, what do you say, Sydney, to those people who hear tarot reading or who hear um psychic or anything like that and they're like you're worshiping the devil like you know because <laughs> I have uh you know growing up Christian growing up you know Baptist like old school southern Baptist you know that just wasn't something we talked about but that doesn't mean like my parents were never like that you use a devil worship, you know, if you were doing right. any of that. And obviously you knew my parents and they loved you and, and they knew, you know, kind of your thoughts and beliefs and they never were like, you can't hang out with Sydney, you know? Right, um, right. So what do you say to those people who do feel that way? Like, okay, well, if you're, if you're doing a tarot and who are you talking to? Are you connecting mm -hmm. with God or are you, you know what I mean? Like who, how do you talk to those people to say, okay, I'm not worshiping the devil. This is this is what it is. I'm connecting to when I say a higher power, you know, obviously I would assume you're referring to God, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One, I'm not here to convince anyone one way or the other. So that's first and foremost. So um, if you'd like to understand, that's different. But if you'd like me to convince you, I am not going to do that. Um, but if you are open minded and you are truly wanting to understand and learn, Awesome. I'm here all day for that. So um, when it comes to um, that question, which is what we get or I get all the time, one, I grew up in a Christian household. Um, my father still goes to church or now, you know, virtually every single Sunday. Um, and my mother, um, She's never attended church religiously like my dad did, but, you know, she's still definitely someone that would consider herself a Christian, um, but a little bit more open in the sense of not as um, devout as my dad. But nonetheless, that is how we grew up. Um, but I have five, well, there's six of us siblings. So we have an array of beliefs in our family. So we've always been, I've always been an open-minded family. So it was never like, you have to believe this way or get out of here. So that allowed us to grow and believe and think. And also with that being said, my dad has always practiced meditation as well. So meditation is an extremely pivotal part of um, my practice and how I connect to spirit and to God myself personally. So it's kind of like, you know, we we may we may go about it differently, but we're still kind of in the same in the same realm. Um, to your question specifically, no, we are not worshiping the devil. Uh, there's nothing evil about tarot. There's nothing evil about tarot because there's nothing evil about Sydney. So that's where how that 
goes. That's my answer. So I am the tarot reader. So my beliefs, my heart, my consciousness is what is what goes into my practice. So I'm not an evil person. Therefore, my work is not evil. Now that doesn't go. That doesn't say that someone else who has different sets of beliefs isn't using some other type of belief system. You know what I mean? That's that's up to them as a person. But individually, that's how you should look at any type of mystic, any type of psychic, any type of tarot. Um, inherently, it is not an evil practice by any means, okay? Um, so I want to make that clear. It's not evil at all. But, of course, there's people that have different belief systems and people that, you know, think look at it differently. And I won't, like I said, go into try to convince people um, of anything differently. But it's not an evil thing. Um, and there's always room for education. And even if you were to even go back and understand what some of the practices that someone may feel is evil or scary or dark or creepy, it probably isn't all that evil, scary, dark, or creepy once you go back and see where the cultural significance comes from. It's just that we live in America that has been, uh, we're socialized under a very Christian umbrella and things seem weird. But if you were born in the Caribbean and your family, you know, is Santorian, those practices aren't going to be weird or creepy at all. They're going to, they're going to seem very normal and very of love and, so that's kind of like my my answer to that. It's not creepy. It's not devil worshiping. It's not evil. And a lot of it comes down to the individual practitioner. But at the same time, it's not, it's just a misconception of what it is because there's a lack of education around it in general. And people are just seeing the surface of it because they see it correlated with Halloween and skulls and they just automatically assume a skull is evil or you're sacrificing and the sacrificing means, you know, it's just a bunch of extra stuff that gets tossed in there that um, is unfortunate, but it's a lot of sensationalism that comes from Hollywood, honestly. <laughs> I love that. That was a perfect answer. Like, honestly, I think you made a valid point that it's the, the person and the intention behind it because I can be a Christian and I can go to church, but if I'm praying for somebody's downfall or I'm praying for somebody to get hit by a car, my right. intention behind it is bad regardless. And like you said, if if you're going to somebody like a Miss Cleo, clearly who was a scammer, then exactly. you know what I mean? The intention is bad. And I think you're absolutely right. There is a lack of education because I can say even for me, you know, I didn't know just, of course, again, how I grew up. But because my parents were like, okay, this is what we believe. But as an adult, you can choose what you want to choose. And I decided to, you know, choose following the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's what I chose. But that doesn't mean that I've never had conversation with Sydney to say, hey, what does this mean? Or what exactly does that mean? And like you said, you know, even your father, who's a devout Christian, still meditates. And I do as well. I've been to several, you know, meditation classes. Sydney has meditations. I, I'm a part of it because it's it's all about connection and connecting. Right. And if you're not doing that, no matter what religion you are, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Christian, whether, you know, you don't subscribe to a religion, if you're not connecting with God or the higher power, then I don't know what to tell you about that. Right. <laughs> so to, right. To, and that was also to, and I think you asked that as well, who am I connecting to? I am connecting to God. When I say higher power, when I say source, when I say spirit, that is what I'm referring to. Some refer to it as divine feminine. Some people see God as a female. Or a woman. So we, a lot of time in this arena, we say divine feminine because we see God as a woman, a, a female energy versus a male energy. So, but all of that goes back to, um, and when I do readings, I say, I will list all those things I just listed. And I say, however you see that amazing energy above us, that's how I say it because everyone ascribes and sees it differently. But at the end of the day, we all know that there is a omniscient power that is up there that is guiding us all and that's who we're connecting to that's right she's right if you're not connecting to something i i, 
I don't know how you function on a daily basis. I mean, let's just be honest about the situation. She's absolutely right. And to kind of go into that, if and again, I know you and I have had this conversation several times. If you can just kind of explain your view on what's the difference between um, being spiritual and being religious or religion and spirituality, and do you think that you can be both? Again, I know our answer that we discussed, but I, I would love to to just ask you so people can hear kind of our conversation that we had. Back in the day, um, I kind of started having this conversation with myself because I realized that I was in a space where I didn't know what I was necessarily believing in because I grew up as a Christian, but then I realized, well, I'm not really um, following these practices that I'm supposed to as a Christian. I'm not attending church every Sunday. I'm not reading the Bible. I'm not saying my prayers every night before I go to sleep. I'm not, um, I'm not doing these tenets that I'm supposed to be doing to call myself a Christian. Therefore, um, someone like myself, I don't, I don't want to be saying something that I'm not, you know, that's not, that's not who I am. So that's where I kind of like started on this little journey of figuring that out more for myself. And um, my father gave me a book called The Seed of the Soul, which I, to this day, changed my entire world. And it just taught me about spirituality in the sense of um, it being a umbrella of, of what we are, of how we are experiencing life versus a house. And so I'll get to that metaphor in a second, but spirituality is saying that we, you, we believe in something that is bigger than ourselves, just what we were just talking about and that our souls are here for a purpose. So we are not here on accident. Nothing is happening by accident. And there is a reason that we are here and there is, and that, by being here, we are on that journey of finding our soul's purpose. And ultimately, that is um, the goal, to find your purpose here on earth and to fulfill that purpose. And so when you transition, you um, are going into a space where you are welcomed and either, you know, you, you've, you've finished your life's journey or you may reincarnate and come back down because there's more karmic work for you to do. But um, really, spirituality, that allowed me to kind of like bust the walls down. And so I realized, oh, I can like, I can like understand all these types of religions and not have to confine myself to, a, to these strict um, tenets. I can kind of be free. And that's kind of where I, how I see spirituality. Spirituality, I see as the neighborhood, and religion, I see as the houses. So everyone is in the spirituality neighborhood. You're in the neighborhood, hanging out. God is there. You know, your connection to God is there. But then someone is the head of the household, and then that's where you have your prophet. And so then that's when spirituality, I mean, that's when spirituality starts branching off to into religion. And then religions start having different belief systems or rules attached to them. So now when you go into this house, you have a prophet or you have a uh, teacher, someone that is giving you a certain set or teaching you a certain set of rules and beliefs that go under this household. Whereas if you went into this household, there would be another set of rules and tenets that you have to ascribe to. So that is how I see the difference of spirituality and religion. I am just outside in the neighborhood respecting, not that people inside those houses aren't respecting the other houses, but um, I, I feel like a lot of religions have a lot of things that I pull from and believe in myself um, and, and find a lot of value in their uh, beliefs. But also I know that I don't necessarily ascribe to one 
specific religion. Therefore, I don't call myself um, a Christian, a Muslim, um, Jewish, Hindu, Buddhist. Uh, that's why I'm just saying that I am a spiritual person. I love that. I When she told me that analogy the first time, I was like, Sydney. <laughs> that's a good one because it makes so much sense. I mean, you're absolutely right. Those people who are atheists or who follow, you know, maybe a, a person or a, a a group, I guess. Um, right, right. It's are, still are, a religion. Right. That's what I was going to say. Are they religious or not? Right. Because, um, of course, you have, like, big R and little R. And <laughs> then you also have, like... Um, that goes back to what I was saying about prophets and these and people basically saying like, um, I got message from God and he told me that this is how you should be living life in order for you to proceed to the next um, part of life once you're not here on earth anymore is like the watered down ABC version of religion, right? Like this person got a message from God and was sent here to spread the word of God um, to their people. And so in order for you to, um, in order for you to reach the next level, you must follow these rules. And that's kind of like the archetype of religion and that's what is interesting is we have, obviously, we have, you know, the main religion, but that same archetype can be adopted, and it can also be used as a form of um, persuasion. It can be used in um, a lot of different ways that aren't always that positive, and we've seen that in the past. We've seen that with people um, who create cults and they that um that's how that mindset starts it's not taking something new you know it's taking the same ideas the same concepts and tapping into people who feel uh disconnected who feel alone who feel like there's no one there for them that feel like there's no one that understands them, that feel displaced. And that's how, um, that's why it's a very, you have to be mindful. You have to be really careful about um, religion because it, it can be, it can be something that is, that is used um, nefariously and it has been used that way in the past. And it will continue to be used that way. Um, and that's why it's such a powerful thing. You know, religion and spirituality is such a powerful, powerful thing. And people know that. People know that. And, of course, we have amazing people that understand that. And they create amazing congregations. And they really help people. And they help the community. And they allow people to feel um, a sense of home, a sense of family, a sense of connection in a real way, a true way, um, a lightful way. And then you have people that use that, unfortunately, in a dark way. And that is kind of the age-old tale of light and dark um, that is our world. And that's why religion and spirituality is something that... Um, is such a interesting topic because it is uh, it has from the beginning of time been used to to separate to um, wars um, to castigate people to um, you know currently we see that with the white supremacists still using that as not only racially, but they still use that as a huge arm of their organization towards the Jewish people. And um, even to your point about the other groups, that's kind of like their bait. It, it's weird. It's weird because religious groups will still use hate as a 
as a cornerstone of their religion. It's it's an, it's an odd thing. It's an odd thing. So that's why I think that um, we have to be, we should talk about it more. We should talk about religion more. We should talk about spirituality more. And it should be something that we feel more comfortable discussing and be more honest about the power that it, it truly holds. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that um, you made a valid point that religion is powerful. Spirituality is powerful. And we need to start acknowledging that and having a conversation about it. There's a lot of things that need to be had a conversation about right now. But I think right now, like you said, with the white supremacists using Christianity, and I think today they're talking about taking white Jesus is down everywhere. Like it's, it's a lot going on. So to have those conversations to say, hey, this is how I feel or this is what I've learned. And if you don't understand it, have that conversation. But to not be judgmental, because I know for, for me, um, I have a lot of friends who are um, LGBTQ and, okay. you know, they, they've they've said to me, like, I feel like that I can't go to the church because I'm judged or I can't do this. And thank you, Lauren, for loving the Lord and being open to me, because at the end of the day, like I, I why am I going to judge you on something that you did? Because I'm not God. OK, I'm I, I'm not the jury, the judge and the I, I'm executioner for what is that going to do? Because God is love. And so why would me being nasty to you or not listening to you or understanding your story, your journey, like that is not, that's not me exhibiting what God is. And the same thing with someone else who has a different perspective or a different religion or spirituality than me. That's not what it is. And I think that's why um, religion has gotten such a bad name because there are people, but again, I think it goes back to you saying intention, uh, who just have a nasty heart or spirit about them. And then they attach themselves to whatever religion that it is. And so now people are turned off by it. Right. Absolutely. And and that's unfortunate. You know what I mean? But I think it's also human nature that people that if you don't understand something, um, instead of asking, which is hopefully the goal, which is hopefully where we're moving, instead of, you know, just inquiring about something, instead of just automatically writing it off, um, because you know, I'm super regular degular over here, and um, everything that I do, to your point, is intention-based, and it is all based in the sense of um, positivity and in the sense of me knowing that I have ancestors and people that came before me that are looking out for me that are here with me each and every day of my life, you know, and so it's, like, interesting um, sometimes when, you know, when people speak of the word spirituality, it's like, I'm, I'm highly connected to my, to my, to source, to God, um, in the sense of like every day I'm looking at it in, in a, in a very clear way of intentionality, like everything that we do is with intention. And everything that happens is with intention. And God is literally with us or our angels, our spirit guides are with us every step of the way. And the disconnection with ourselves and our spirituality is what leads us astray. You know, if we just sit for one second and re-center ourselves, ground ourselves and remember that we are not alone. We are never alone. And that that reminder right there will allow this world to get back in alignment because we are all connected. And the more people that are in alignment, the more the world is in alignment. And that's the goal of the community that I am of, to get people to understand that you have an ability to really shift what's happening on this planet just by shifting what's happening in your mind and just by knowing that by having that conversation with spirit every day and saying i trust you i believe in you i understand that this is happening like it's supposed to happen and giving up that um that resistance because that resistance is what creates the blocks. And those blocks is what creates the turmoil. 
and the pain and the agony and the chaos. And so once that's the goal, that's the goal on our end. That's my goal with tarot reading. That's what I'm doing all the time. I'm trying to ignite that in others to give them the power back that they have within themselves because God gave it. It's within them. God is within them. So just remembering that, just reminding them like, hey, you've got it. You've got the power. You have the ability. It's not lost on you. It's not lost on any of us to make the world a better place. It really does start with the individual, which ultimately leads to the collective. And then next thing you know, we're in a different world. We're in a better world. So that's why I think spirituality is a little bit more accessible than um, religion sometimes. Because you can access it within yourself, sitting in your room, sitting in your car, right then, right there. You don't have to you know, connect with a conglomerate of people or, you know, go to this ceremony or, you know, because, you know, there's all kinds of religions that aren't just the main ones, right? So it's not just the three main religions. Everybody practices religion. So that's another thing that should be clear, that um, it's not dominated just by the monotheistic religions you know um so we all can be more spiritual regardless if we are already if you were religious as well love it well look that was i mean that was good i was like do i even need to ask this next question my god (laughs) but no i think that's that's true i think we all can can grow and learn more um spiritually because if you grow spiritually and you have that connection you know, with whatever religion that it is that you are a part of, that's what matters is having that connection. Because I think you made a good point about being disconnected. I, I shared um, at the beginning of this podcast how I was disconnected with God uh, when dad died because um, I just didn't have anything to say. I wasn't mad at him. None of that. I just, what do you want me to say? And so I was just disconnected. Well, I don't even want to say disconnected to him. I was still connected to him. And that's why it helped me get through and helped me make some of the decisions that I was able to make, even though I literally was not talking to him at all. He still was talking to me. He still was there for me. He still was carrying me through um, because of that connection that we had. Um, So I think, you know, you're right. You know, if you connect and we align, it'll just make um, not only the world a better place, but your world a better place, which is automatically going to make the world a better place. Exactly. Um, so, of course, obviously, we know what this podcast is about. Um, so I wanted to ask you, where do you think um, spirituality and religion, wh- what role do you think it plays in the grief grieving process? I think it, pays, it plays a huge role. It's the main role. Um, there, I truly, um, I was just speaking about this with you, I truly find it something that I am very drawn to to find out more find out more about death and life and earth and the other what happens when we leave earth and i really want to understand that more for people here on earth because i understand that pain that confusion that loss that physical loss um creates such a space, such a um, a void that I really am quite drawn to understanding it more. And I think that grief is, you know, on the other side of grief is joy. And when we, when we don't understand something, I mean, it's just so easy to just be enveloped by grief. Because it's, we have no answers. We have no answers. When you don't understand something, when you have no answers, when you, when you know, when something is so final, such as death, such as a loss of anything, you know, relationship has, as you have so eloquently shown us that grief is an array of things, not just the loss of a loved one, literally, but it's just this it's such a finality 
that can feel absolutely um, drowning. And without that source of hope and faith, which is what spirituality and religion provides, you can spiral into that drowning and really, really have a, a really scary experience, a really um, heartbreaking, agonizing time. And that pain is just unimaginable. And I, my heart truly goes out to everyone and to all, to all humanity, because, you know, we're all grieving currently because of the state of our world. Um, and we've all felt it in such a huge way. Um, but spirituality and religion is so important because it allows us to understand that there, this is not, grief is not the end. It's just a part of the journey. And it also allows us to understand this concept called duality. And duality is something in the spiritual community that we speak about a lot. And you can't have something without the other. The yin-yang, that, that's something that'll really visually be able to um, understand for people. So the yin-yang is a, a symbol of duality. Black, white, yin-yang, masculine, feminine, um, intuitive, practical, it's literally duality. And in order for you to truly, for someone to truly understand something, they have to experience the other side of it. So just like I said, in order for someone to truly understand joy, grief has to be experienced. And without that duality, without that reference, joy wouldn't feel the wouldn't feel like it feels. It wouldn't have the same uh, resonance. And it seems kind of like a cruel thing. Why? Well, why do I have to go through this? to feel this but that's how our that's how our um, that's how our human brains work our brains need that to understand things and because of that because of that duality for our brain to understand things spirituality is kind of like the um the the balancer there to give you that rope in that in those times because it can be very like uh, sh shocking to the senses. So it's that rope to hold on to, to grab on to um, in the times when you can't speak to God, like you said. It's that hope, it's that rope that you're still holding on to. You didn't cut that rope. Just because you weren't climbing up that rope wasn't didn't mean that you weren't holding on to that rope. And so that's why it's important. Um, because when we have get have a lesson of duality in life and we go and we have to experiencing experience that extreme, um, spirituality is there to remind you that there will be another side. There will be joy on the other side. There will be sun in the morning. That's why it's important because we have to understand that um, Human experiences are going to happen and they're going to be painful, but we also understand that human experiences are going to happen and they're going to be joyful and they're going and we're going to um, grow through them and we're going to be okay. And, and so that's one point. And the other point is, like I was saying initially, I'm really interested in bridging the gap between here and wherever there wherever there is heaven you know what however you see the afterlife because um our loved ones they're not gone they're just not here on this earth and 
I think the more we, one, have those conversations, to broaden our brain, think, really, really think about it, really, really allow ourselves to understand that life, if this earth is created in such an intricate way, why wouldn't the afterlife be created in such an intricate way? It's, it's, it's the same, you know? So it's like the, that expansion of consciousness, you know, I read a lot of Deepak Chopra and um, that one there, he's enlightened to say the least. And, you know, he's really um, taught me a lot about just expanding our consciousness and expanding beyond what we think is possible. And I really think that's why spirituality also is very important when it comes to grief, because it can allow us to expand what it means to grieve and do it in a way that um, is, is, more, is more than just the here and now and, and bring in more of the after as well without being too weird. For you guys <laughs> <laughs> no that was really good i mean i ain't got nothing to say because <laughs> i mean you said it all i mean you said it all i mean that that rope i have a whole analogy that i'm gonna talk about in the wrap up but that i'll have nothing else to say y'all um city <laughs> just closed it on out for us uh you know i can go ahead and leave now this is city's podcast moving on uh, but see thank you so much again for coming on and just having this conversation again i know you and i have it all the time but i really wanted to bring it to this platform because people really need to understand the importance of having connection whether you call yourself spiritual or religious when it comes to grief, because it's something that's so important. And like you said, it's not just losing someone. It could be, you know, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a job, anything. And it's so important to have that connection because the, I promise you that is going to be the main thing, like you said, to get you through. So I just want to thank you again for coming on. Um, if they want to contact you or hit you up for a reading, which I would suggest guys, I got a reading Sydney had me crying the whole entire time because it was wonderful how do they get in contact with you <laughs> apparently i do that i get that feedback a lot because <laughs> um, they're awesome they're amazing geez louise you can contact me um via instagram at sydney c-i-d-n-e-e underscore rich r-i-c-h um for a reading at arcana a-r-c-a-n-a dot a-t-l on instagram Awesome. And I think your website will be up soon, right? So they can start it booking. It will be up soon, yes. yes. So you can book on her website. But I definitely would suggest you guys honestly getting a reading. I mean, it. I was like, okay, Sydney, just do me a reading. And I've gotten readings from Sydney before, but this one, goodness gracious, like so on point. The things she was saying were so aligned. And that's how I knew it came straight from God. Because literally right after, and I, I don't remember if I shared this with you, but like right after I got done looking at your reading. I opened the Bible because that's, you know, I do my devotional in the morning and literally what you said aligned with the word for the day. And my friend called me who um, I call him my spiritual mentor. Sometimes he called me and what he said aligned with what you said. I said, God, I hear you. Okay. Absolutely love it. <laughs> so that's how, it works. That's synchronicity. how yeah, come on synchronicity. That's what I'm saying. So I just want you guys to be open and just know that if you want it to come from God, it's going to come from God. If you want it to come from a tree, it's going to come from a tree. Okay. It's up to you. <laughs> but see, thank you again so much for being on here. I'm going to get into my wrap up, but thank you. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much again. And you all get a reading from my girl. Thanks guys. Y'all, that was so awesome. I just love her. But, you know, clearly I'm biased because that's one of my besties. Anyways, um, that was just really great. And I just kind of wanted to wrap up with a few of the key points that we talked about in that conversation. And so, of course, the first thing about this whole, you know, what the whole episode is about is the major difference between um, spirituality and religion is that I love that analogy that she used of being inside the house uh, versus in the neighborhood. So um, really just the major thing is is just the 
I don't even want to say the rules, but I guess that's what I can say. It's just how you decide to follow whatever your spiritual, uh, how, however you choose to follow God or, or Buddha or, you know, the higher power. Um, that's really the major difference because at the very end of the day, you're connected. And that's what matters is that connection because, which kind of brings me into point number two, is that connection. If you don't have that connection with the higher power, it, it doesn't, all of that stuff doesn't even matter. You can, I mean, you could say all day, like I'm a Christian, but if you really don't have a connection to God, like, are you really? And, and we talked about this and, um, I follow a church in Oklahoma called, um, transformation church and it's really great i've been following them for a while and he talked about that because of course everything is virtual and he said what i want it to be is that if i can't preach if i get up here and the internet goes out tomorrow i want you to still have that connection with god so we had a whole um kind of series called who's the who's the minister because at the very end of the day like yes this man is anointed and, be, and up here teaching the word and doctrine of god but at the very end of the day if he was not you still need to have that connection regardless and so if you don't have that connection to the higher power it doesn't matter if you don't subscribe to a religion or it doesn't matter if you feel like that religion is ridiculous if you don't have a connection it does none of that even matters and then um I guess the last thing I'll say is it's all about intention. So if your intention behind what you're doing is wrong, it again, it does not matter if you um, subscribe to a religion or if you don't subscribe to a religion. So like with Sydney, if she had a bad intention behind her tarot reading, then yes, like that would be bad. Or again, like for me, if I'm praying for someone's downfall or if I'm praying for someone to get COVID, because I don't like them, the intention behind it is bad. And it doesn't matter what religion I subscribe to or what religion she doesn't subscribe to, that intention behind it is what's bad. And when I think about it, I think about that game when we were kids. I don't even know the name. I don't even know if it had a name. <laughs> it probably didn't even have a name. But it's that it's that uh, game that was on the playground and it was like that red kind of looking dodgeball or a rubber ball that was on that string. And you know, when you hit it, it would go around and around and around the pole. And if you hit it hard enough, it would keep going. If not, you would have to keep hitting it. So how I think about it is if you have that connection, um, because there, there's a couple different pieces to that game. There's the ball, which is connected to the string, which is connected to the top of the pole. And that's how it keeps going. So you can almost think of, you can think of the pole or the top of the pole as God. And then you can think of the string as your connection. And then you can think of you as the rubber ball. So like, for example, with me, I, I told you guys I couldn't, I just couldn't pray because I didn't have anything to say. But because somebody hit me hard enough or because I hit myself hard enough because I had that connection with God, it just kept going and going and going. And it didn't have to keep getting hit because again, I wasn't praying. I wasn't doing any of that, but my connection was still with him. Like I being the ball and having that connection to the string to the pole, I was still, he was still there with me, even though I wasn't um, fully present with him, he was still fully present with me. So I was still going around and around and around that pole. And I was able to get me through those hard times when I was in a corner or get me through those times when I was on the floor, because I was still going around that pole, even though I just got hit once really, really hard because I had created that connection um, to God, to the pole. Um, and so you can kind of think about it like that, that if you just create that strong enough connection, so if, you, if somebody hits you strong enough that you can keep going around that pole, that connection is what's going to matter and that's going to keep you going. Because I kept going even when I didn't feel like it. I kept going even when I wanted to give up. And so by having that connection, I was still able to go around that pole and I was still able to be connected to God, even when I wasn't, um, even though nobody hit me again, quote unquote, um, I, I still had that connection. I was still going around that pole. And even when you get all the way around that pole, it starts unraveling and you're still going and going and going. And that's what kept me going through. And that's what's going to keep you going through when you're grieving, when you don't feel like you're connected or when you feel like you can't go on or you're in those dark corners or you're sad or you're confused or you don't understand, regardless of if you keep getting hit multiple times, you get hit hard one time, it's still going to keep you connected and you're still going to keep going. And so thank you guys for listening. Um, I, I'm really just, um, this episode 
was really great because I, I've been wanting to talk about it and I didn't know how I wanted to talk about it and I didn't want it to be controversial. But I'm like, it's something that needs to get talked about because it's it's just such this um, taboo thing to talk about or there's such a, again, an East Coast, West Coast battle about it. And as we can see, it's none of that. <laughs> So thank you guys so much for listening to another week's episode of This Too Shall Suck podcast, where we talk about the real of grief, the whole grief, and nothing but the grief. This episode was produced by Mike Sick, and our original music is produced by Jimmy Samaj. You can follow me on social media on Instagram at TTSSpod, and you can visit my website at thistooshallsuckpodcast.com. Also, feel free to drop me a line about any questions or topics you may want to hear, or just to say what's up at hello at thistooshallsuckpodcast.com. Wherever you are listening, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe and share this podcast with someone you think it could help. As always, I love you guys and I'm sending you love and light in your life because you deserve it. I'll see you on the next episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.